What's up, triathlon community? Welcome to the Age Group to Pro Triathlon Podcast. My name is Brian. And I'm Kaylee. And this is our very first podcast, so go easy on us. Thanks for tuning in, most importantly. Let's talk a little bit about the name, why we're starting with Age Group to Pro Triathlon Podcast. I was listening to the TTL podcast recently, and one thing I heard Paula and Eric say is they've been doing triathlon since they were 10 years old. And like I always say to you, we're adult onset swimmers. So if we ask them, do they remember what it's like to not be able to swim a lap in the pool? The answer is probably no. They remember swimming like we remember walking, right? So I think one of the missions for us is getting into triathlon just a year and a half ago and taking it pretty seriously. We want to share some of the growing pains that we've been through as adult learners as another experience that the age group community might be able to relate to. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I think it's a really cool idea. Um, And I'm not sure if it was 10 years old or 10 years Maybe they said they may have been doing it for 10 years, but either way, 10 years is a long time. Yeah, they've been pros for more than 10 years, and they've been racing since 10 years old. Oh, the racing part. Okay. Yeah. I mean, your high school didn't even have a pool, did it? No, we definitely did not have pools (laughs) where I grew up. But yeah, no, I think it's a a really cool idea where we just want to kind of share our experience. just getting into the sport and going through all the growing pains as an age grouper. Uh, yeah. And then kind of where you can take that and whether you can make that leap. So. And yeah. just to clarify, you're not an age grouper. I'm no longer <laughs> an age grouper, but yeah. it's only it's been a couple group, months. <laughs> it's age group to pro. I'm the age grouper. Kaylee's the pro. He, he's going to be a pro one day though. So. Don't hold your breath. But anyways, that's that's the main theme. And mostly, again, not only can I remember not being able to swim a lap in a pool, Kaylee remembers me not being able to swim a lap in the pool a year ago. I thought it was a joke. I really did. I mean, you jumped in the pool and started swimming, (laughs) and I just thought you were going to turn around and kind of like start laughing. I was like, joke's on you. And it wasn't. We've come a long way. We've come a long way. So um, I thought it'd be fun just to kick off a little bit about us. Um, so, you know, we're, we're down in Georgia, Kaylee's part of the the new TTL development team. So she's racing professionally for them, representing TTL. We love the brand. We love Paula and have cheered for her and Eric from the beginning of our triathlon career. Um, yeah, I think they were some of the, the first professionals that we really got behind and were watching and excited to see them perform. So it's kind of surreal to be where we are now. Yeah. So that's awesome. You know, this is inspired by them. We hope to do it weekly. Um, you know, in terms of, you know, why don't you share a little bit about your background? What are you working on now? You're in school, right? So, yeah. Um, I'm currently at the university of Georgia where I am going to veterinary school. So, you know, it's a lot of time, very rigorous, but, I've really enjoyed it. And that's actually kind of how I got probably very competitive in triathlon because I needed to take that energy and put it into something else that wasn't schoolwork. So started doing triathlon and kept doing triathlon and 
kept adding more and more time to it. And here we are now sitting here as a professional talking about this. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And we're just acquaintances or what? What's what's our deal? Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm assuming people knew that by now, but yeah, we're, we're fiancés. I mean. Right. We're engaged. We're so engaged. We've, yeah. we've been together for five years. Yes. Five engaged years. for two months, maybe a month. Almost it's pretty fresh. Almost three. Yeah. So, yeah, it's April already. So that's that's our deal. I do the whole work thing to fund the triathlon life. And Kaylee is studying to be a veterinarian in the future. And we are absolutely all in on that triathlon life, no pun intended. So that's a little bit about us. Do you have a fun fact you want to share besides vet school about yourself? I am a naked cat mother. That's fun. And sounds a little inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> She's hairless. She's a sphinx. So she has no hair. She has a little peach fuzz, but that's, that's about it. I mean, she's a naked cat. That's the best way to say it. Yeah. She purrs into the mic the whole time. So we opted for the first podcast without her. For those viewing His idea with video, we'll do a little YouTube podcast series. We'll put this on Spotify and make it a weekly routine. Um, fun fact about me, I was a uh, professional video gamer 10 years ago. When I was 19 years old, it was not the best time of my life, but it's definitely the fun go-to fact. So um, it was a long time ago, but I'm still the top paid mobile video gamer of all time. Not my day job anymore, but uh, <laughs> that's uh, usually the fun pack fact people like to hear about me. So. Not many people can say that, so it's probably the most perfect fun fact. Is that why you're with me? Oh, yeah. That's what got me. video gaming. It was probably the second, maybe first story you told me about yourself, so maybe so. (laughs) We won't talk about that. So uh, next, next topic, what inspired you? What do you think the moment was when you decided to say, hey, let's do triathlon? I feel like that question could almost have two meanings. I think the first one was, (laughs) yeah, I mean, the first one is what made us even decide to do a triathlon, which was a random idea of let's just do this. I don't know. This sounds like a crazy thing. Let's do an Ironman. And so that kind of sparked the, the journey. And then we watched the Olympics and got inspired to be good at it, not just complete one. So that kind of put being competitive at triathlon. But I think that what got me like actually motivated into it was when I qualified for worlds at my first 70.3. I think before that it was just kind of fun. And then after that, I was like, wow, this, this could be, I could be good at this. So I feel like those are two very different moments of like getting into triathlon. Yeah. And, you know, I think we had different paths because I felt like I was the more motivated one to get good, but showed less promise. <laughs> and you were kind of doing it for fun at first, but did relatively well early on. So, yeah. yeah I mean, mm-hmm. I think I initially didn't see how it would fit into vet school because I, I was pretty aware of what it would take to be a professional in this sport. I mean, it's not easy. I mean, even now from experience, it's not easy, but I think at the time I was like, 
there's no way that I can start putting in 20 plus hours into this. And I think coming from an athletic background, I knew that that's at the bare minimum what it would take to get there. So um, I think logistically, once I figured out how to put it all in, I mean, I think that was kind of where I knew like, okay, maybe I can do this. But yeah, I mean, you were always the motivated one. I mean, what kind of like got you interested? I mean, yeah, I mean, neither of us know how to do anything casually, right? Like if I couldn't even play video games casually, then I certainly can't just do a sport casually. But I think taking the performance element out of it with your running background and 10 years of endurance training under your belt before triathlon, it definitely shows that there's no shortcuts to success, you know, starting to run with you when COVID happened, I'm certainly nowhere near as developed of, as an athlete as, as you are coming into it. So yeah, I just, I think that's an important piece that of the puzzle where it's going to take a lot of years of consistency and hard work for those people out there who are also age groupers aspiring to do the sport for performance versus completion. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it definitely does. And I would also like to say that, that doing a sport before does not mean you have to be an NCAA national champion in the swim or the run to get here either. I think that I definitely had the head start of just like endurance, but I think that could also be anyone like anyone who just enjoys running or biking or even swimming for fun for several years will ultimately have a little bit of an advantage to kind of build a base or build on top of what's already there. But I mean, definitely if you've been running for several years, like even if it's not super competitive, like you still have a great shot of getting very competitive in triathlon. Right. Over, over the course of stacking many several hour weeks on top of each other and consistency and consistency, all the work that you put in. So how many hours are you training this week? What's your training block this week? I think this week is going to be a little over 22 hours, 22. And that's pretty typical for your up weeks, right? Yeah. I would say 21, 22 has been where I've built to at this point. And mostly because at this point, I don't know how much more time I could add with school. Um, but I think getting anywhere higher, I might be crossing the line to like Ironman training. So I think right now it's like a really good balance of endurance as well as like time in. So yeah, and it's volume and intensity combined. So I would say that it's also learning that there's a limit based on your current capacity of what your body can respond to, where if you jumped up to 27 hours, that's true. Your body is simply not going to respond to it yet because we don't have the volume in. Whereas you read what some of the other pros are doing and it might be 30 hours or 35 hours and how they train podcasts or something like that. So, um, what's high volume for you isn't what's high volume for me or, or someone else. It's yeah, that's it, true. what's called progressive overload and periodization and building yeah. it a, a big week for you used to be 15 or 16 hours, right? Oh, there was a time that just hitting like 12 hours was a big week. I mean, I remember getting over 10 hours was kind of like a an achievement for a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I I always say I could never imagine where I am 
now a year ago. So I I always say that it's the the key is just consistency. Just like always getting out there and doing something and slowly building your way up because before you know it, you'll be doing 22 hour weeks and not even realize that you got there. So and intensity moderation as in not burying yourself and long, healthy blocks of training, right? Staying injury free. Yeah. That's knock on wood. I won't knock too hard. Yeah. But that, I mean, that's all part of the consistency. I mean, yeah. And that's the biggest part of working with a coach, right? We work with Bolton endurance, Ryan Bolton, and he's really helped us accomplish those things. Yeah. That's definitely what it's the first triathlon we trained for. We buried ourselves. I mean, we had the intensity high. We had the volume wrong. I mean, we were a mess. So, yeah. I mean, um, I feel like that's also talking about um, getting a coach, kind of a, a cool little segment you could talk about, like what got you inspired to get a coach at the beginning? Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it was just saying, I don't want to do this sport just for fun. I want to perform and let's see how far we can take it. So I reached out to actually three coaches and two of them said I was out of my mind based on the goals that I wanted. And Ryan said, the only way to know is to find out. So if you're willing to find out, I'll work with you. So we agreed on the work ethic piece and sticking to the schedule. And I said, Hey, if I survive three months on, I know I can do it. And if I don't, I'm really sorry for wasting your time. And <laughs> I probably have those emails to show at a, a future podcast, but um, over time, you just got linked into that as well. Yeah. So. And I think also, um, it's a good point to say Brian is more wanting to focus in on the draft legal shorter course stuff. So he definitely has a completely different training schedule that's tailored towards his goal compared to mine, which is more of the 70.3 distance. So for you, the 70.3, yeah, 70.3 yeah. and you draft legal. So. Right. Yeah. No, that's a good point. So speaking of coaching, speaking of training, what is the hardest recent training session that really burned in your mind? I mean, it's always, I feel like the most recent one is always one of the hardest ones because it's the one I just did. Um, but I have recently been doing slow uh, torque intervals on the trainer. So I... What's that? What does slow mean? Low watts or... Just so, for the yeah, listeners. Yeah. So the torque intervals are going to be low cadence um, work. And I'm trying to torture myself. Okay, maybe not torture, but challenge myself by doing Better. them <laughs> on the trainer, which I do not enjoy stationary training. Um, if it's beautiful outside, I want to be out there. But I think that for these, if I want to get the most out of out of the workout, I've been doing them inside on a trainer so that I can have the erg mode on, which will put my watts at a very consistent level. And then my only focus is on keeping that low cadence um, and pushing throughout the entire stroke. And I think I have, I'm definitely not as strong on the bike as where I would like to be yet. And I think that coming from a running background, that's kind of, you know, that's the hard part of building is that kind of like raw strength, which I think your background with rowing probably really helps. Yeah, I'm, I'm good at none of the elements, but I would say rowing's translated a good bit to biking. So let's break that down a little bit, because I think if there's a newer listener, all those were buzzwords, you know. Um, so 
low cadence. Cadence means pedal strokes per minute. So how, what, what is deemed as low? How, what was the hard, you've done two cadence workouts. So which one was harder? Let's start there. So I actually would say the hardest one was probably my 15 minute intervals at um, a 40 to 50 cadence. So that's going to be 40 to 50 strokes per minute, which I would say a normal cadence is going to be about 90. Um, a lot of athletes, a little lower for yeah, 70.3 a lot of distance. athletes who are doing um, 70.3 in the TT position is going to be riding in the 80s. Um, so that's kind of like a standard, but then for these were 40 to 50, um, the Watts were not that high, but to hold that cadence at uh, for 15 minutes was just, yeah, the Watts don't matter. Cause they'll change for everything. Yeah, How much was, rest was in between? I actually don't remember. I think there was five or 10 minutes okay. in between. I think it was five minutes between each one. Yeah. So that was a, that was a tough one for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, cool. I would say, um, a, a tough one recently, you just had a volume long run for two hours. Yeah. Ryan does a lot of intentionally long, hard, long runs every Sunday. So you just had a steady state. It was raining and cold and tornado warning like conditions and lightning bolts, lightning bolts. And I had one mile on one mile off, um, for 14 miles. So it was like, it felt like I was outrunning a tornado. And when you have a headwind like that, it's really tough to have a feel for the pace and hit your numbers. And it was also just a muddy, just brutally hilly workout. So I, I got it done, but it definitely stuck with me a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I feel like we always talk about what's the worst conditions, like rain, wind, snow cold hot and worse is worst i mean yeah, yeah i mean can, that was that was yeah cold and windy and rainy bad so. is bad yeah i mean it was terrible i mean there was actually tornadoes that touched down i don't know maybe 50 miles from where we were so yeah it was an apocalyptic day so that was that sticks out probably because of the conditions we've done harder long runs but that one was and with the mile ons it's it's right below threshold. So it's like that 545 to 615 pace. And then for the offs, it's not easy. So it's a 645 to a seven. So it's, I call it flossing, but going over then going under threshold. And, you know, it, it's not like a mile off. It's a mile off air quotes. So that, that one was tough. Do you have any non-recent training sessions that you always hated or found really hard from running days or early triathlon? Um, I mean, still for me, the high intensity bursts on the bike is still probably the the worst. And I've usually failed those workouts. So these are going to be um, like 30 seconds, really high, um, 30 seconds off for, I don't know, 15 minutes um, and doing those repeats or even uh, how low do they get? They'll get to like 15 seconds, right? Not typically, maybe 2010. Or is it 45? 20, 20, yeah, well, there's a lot of variations. Yeah, we yeah, have a lot. But typically 30, 30 is common, but the VO2 hurts you still. Yeah. Those are my favorite. Anything yeah. under a minute where I am pushing supposed to be 300 to 300 plus watts, I my legs are just on fire. Yeah, and, and I, I love those. Those are my favorites, so <laughs> we have differing opinions. 
I, uh, in the, the four by four by 48 challenge, if anybody knows the David Goggins challenge, I'd say definitely stuck with me. It wasn't the, the physical running of 48 miles and 48 hours, but it was the mental exhaustion of getting up every four hours to do it. That was a non-recent workout that really stuck with me. Yeah. I mean, you were injured from that for a while too. Yeah. No, don't (laughs) be deliberate with your training because I, my body wasn't ready for that type of volume. And I definitely, my IT band was out of commission for a really long time from that. And you were on a sprained ankle. So (laughs) tough, tough times. So let's see. Um, we don't have any sponsors, which I think is really a cool place to speak to. Of course, Kaylee's on the TTL development team, which is awesome. We'll treat that like a sponsor for sure, but more just grateful that she's a part of it. So being totally unsponsored, I think it'd be cool to have a little segment on what is a favorite triathlon product that we use and really like just because we like it with no sort of incentive. That way we get used to showcasing products and talking about them a little bit. So um, for you, you know, for our listeners, probably all three of them, what is a product that's really helped you in triathlon or around triathlon? Um, so to pick something that is a little bit, you know, besides like a, a bike or something big gear wise, I would have to say I, I got, let's see what it's called. Uh, try, try hard, hard. Yeah. try hard conditioner. Um, which is like super specific. I have tried the other products, which they got me on this from giving free samples at a race. Mm. So I think we got like the conditioner, the eye gel, uh, some, some body wash, I think even the shampoo and con or lotion. So we got a little bit of everything and the conditioner just really stuck with me. I think that it has actually really helped my hair um, and has helped keep the color and keep it feel good after swimming, which we do like five days a week. So um, it's kind of a random thing. But yeah, I think that's probably the best product I've gotten so far. Cool. And yeah, 100 likes. And what color do I have to dye my hair if we get 100 likes? So I use the product. I mean, you might as well go like white blonde, right? White blonde. You heard it here. 100 likes. That's low hanging fruit. Um, Okay, cool. So try hard. That's try hard conditioner. Yep. The try hard conditioner. Nice for probably our lady listeners. But hey, if you're a guy and use conditioner, that's cool. We use the seven in one product. Well, I use the seven in one product, but I'm simple like that. Um, you have colored hair, dry hair though. My hair is dry. Not you, but (laughs) there might be a male out there listening that does. Maybe. So my favorite triathlon product, I I wish I, I planned an answer for this on the spot. The, the only thing that keeps coming to mind are the finesse technique paddles Hmm, because yeah, as a, as a newer swimmer, when you hear paddles, I think a lot of people see those really big ones and they put a lot of pressure on your shoulders. When we started out swimming, like we couldn't lay on our shoulders. We couldn't lift our arms. I mean, it was really rough on our shoulders as starting triathletes. Um, so those allow you to put some extra pressure on the water, but also really get a feel for it because it's not attached to your hand. So you have to have the right pull through. 
So you can really think about pull through angle on the hand and hand entry and things like that while getting some pull sets in. So on the spot, that's what I yeah, came yeah, up with. I think Finesse that's a paddles. really good one. I mean, yeah. it's definitely helped us out a lot. So yeah, we both use them. I mean, almost every swim. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. Well, uh, <laughs> see you next week. What else we come up with? So let's talk a little bit now. You promised people a Clash Miami recap. It was your first pro race. You got the Clash shirt on. I that's do. what we're kind of matching. I do. For the listeners, they cannot see that. What was your overall experience? What did you What did you love? Yeah, so as I've said to a lot of people, um, I don't think I could have chose a better race to have my first pro debut at. I think that Clash Endurance does such a great job of kind of making everything such a stress-free um, and easy process, and everyone there is just so willing to help. Um, so, I mean, kudos to them. That It's just a really great race. Um, I also like the fact that we were able to start on a Friday, which was two days before the age group race. So kind of made us feel a little bit less overwhelmed with um, a lot of people being there. I know for me, it kind of allowed me to focus just on the race that at hand and then just have a little bit less stress. And I think that was also a really good um, aspect for my first one. Yeah. So, so let's walk the listeners through it starting from the night before what what did you eat before the race what was your meal of choice i think we did chipotle right that was our the night before yeah we so chicken and rice (laughs) yeah chicken rice no spice as much as i love spice um kept it out of this one um and i i actually think i had the beef i had the beef and rice for some iron yep i had some beef and rice um and then do you sleep well before races I feel like it depends. Somehow at this one, I actually did sleep pretty good. Do you feel like it matters if you don't get good sleep at night? No, not at all. I always say uh, you the night before the night before is the most important sleep. So whether that's true or not true, I think that at the bare minimum, you usually aren't stressed that night. So you can get a good night's sleep. And I mean, I've had terrible night's sleep going into races and still had really great performances. So yeah. It's always worked for me. So getting up, good conditions. Um, let's just jump right to the swim. Yeah. So how did, was, the, how did that go? I mean, luckily the start was at eight thirty, so there it wasn't too too early. Uh, I think it was a good time. It was definitely getting hot already, so it was not wetsuit legal. Um, I think they said the water temperature was around like eighty two degrees, something like that. So yeah, in warm. the hot debate, right? We saw a lot of swim skins and we saw some no swim skins. You were a no swim skin. Yes. I, and you were what place out of the water? I was last place. Okay. <laughs> I think I was maybe two and a half minutes behind the group, the like the last place group. So, um, you weren't that far off. Not that far. Okay. No, so but you were, you were the last girl out of the water, no swim skin. So still a hot, hot take. We'd love to hear your take on swim skin. Yes, no, not wetsuit, but swim skin. Will it help? Um, Someone who's not a good swimmer too. Well, we'll I mean, good we'll swimmer. Not, yeah, I mean, we just, we love your opinion. So let us know. But 
so out of the swim, what's your mindset there? I mean, what was I yelling to you and what was your mindset knowing that you're a run specialist? Yeah. So you kept yelling patience. Um, I think that for me, I definitely had to be patient. If anything, I, I just kept telling myself that this is a long race and that just because I'm in last right now, that there's still many, many more minutes left in the race. So if I can just keep performing that I can hopefully move my way up through the field. Um, it's definitely one downside to your strongest one being the run. So you kind of have to just keep your head held high and stay into the race and keep going and moving forward to get to that point. But yeah, I think, and I think a lot of people can relate to that where they come from a running background, but the run is so late in the, in the event. So yeah, I think it's definitely key to just keep moving. And, um, I also felt like my swim wasn't, I didn't feel terrible in the water. I've had panic attacks before, uh, in the swim. So I think actually having a good mindset and I never felt panicky, uh, made me feel at least there was that accomplishment. So I think that it wasn't the worst swim I could have possibly had, but it was good. Your pace was great. Yeah. Yeah. But discouraging, um, something more to look back at now and, um, just know it's a weakness that I have to keep working on. And then on the bike, you were pretty steady throughout. I mean, it was a fun course, right? Yeah, the the bike course was actually pretty technical. There was a lot of curves, um, pretty tight curves and very strong headwinds. So it was it was challenging. Each lap was around seven ish minutes. Um, So how many laps total? um, I actually oh, 17. 17. Yeah, it was 17 laps total. So and you made a pass on the bike, right? Yeah, I think the person. I think that I ended up having like the 13th fastest bike. So not the worst, but another, another thing I have to keep working on and building on, but, um, not quite as bad as the swim. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, coming off the base season with no real intensity work yet so early that. Yeah. That- my Watts were definitely on the lower end of, um, where I know I'm capable of, but I think overall I was actually pretty happy to maintain, I was able to hold within four Watts from the beginning to the end. So I was at least happy to feel like some of my endurance is there. So steady. Yeah. yeah. And then you had your run legs right away. You took off. Yeah. Pretty much transitions were all clean. Um, made it off the bike. Um, got my legs under me really quickly. I think it was a big, long giant circle. So you kind of had to just keep your head in it. Um, one side was slightly uphill with a headwind that kind of, it, w- it was not as flat as you would like to think it was. Um, I think at the end it was close to, it was like 350 to 400 feet of elevation. So surprisingly there was a hill on that supposedly flat track. Um, but yeah, I was able to kind of stay in it. The giant loop kind of helped me keep seeing people to kind of keep my mind engaged and keep chasing people down. Um, but yeah, I had no idea that I was clocking out the fastest splits though, when it was happening. Yeah. I mean, you lapped everybody at least once on the course. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to kind of see everyone and Mm -hmm. make some moves, even though I was several laps behind them, but what was your clock time on the tracker? uh, I think the clock time was an hour 40. 
for like 10... An hour and 40 seconds. Yeah, an hour and 40 seconds. So you're about two minutes faster than the second place, right? Yeah. I think it was a little over two minutes fast. And then you finished out 11th? Yep, 11th overall. Almost top 10, but that'll be for next time. Yeah. No, I think that's a a strong pro debut and a, a really strong finish in a consistently executed race. So... All good things to carry forward throughout your first season as a pro, right? Lots to learn. Lots to work on now. So, yeah, could have asked for a better better race. Yeah, cool. No, I think that's a great recap. So, um, something else that the listeners will probably want to hear about. How did this TTL opportunity present itself from from our end? (laughs) Do you remember when it came up and like... It was actually during all of this. So um, Clash Miami happened to be on my spring break. So I was able to kind of take a week and pretend like my only thing in life was triathlon. So it was kind of fun to do that. Um, As well as Brian had a race the weekend before in Florida. So I was able to drive down uh, for that. And I think... In that week was when we saw the announcement on Instagram, wasn't it? Yeah, no, we were just having breakfast at first watch and in Florida on our way to Miami. And I was like, wow, this opportunity seems so cool. You'd be a perfect fit. Like, let's apply right now. So we literally wrote the application at the diner, right? Yeah, I mean. Just got it submitted. We kind of felt like this is so perfect. This would be an amazing opportunity. And we did not want to sit and wait on it. So we kind of were eating breakfast and having coffee and working on the application all at the same time. Yeah. Just talking about things that would make you good fit. And the, the tempo is a really great triathlon newsletter written by Matt Sharp. And it was just really funny to see Kaylee's article and then the Paula and, and Eric's opportunity for the TTL development team right next to each other, because it was like a perfect a perfect match it felt like. So that was really cool. Um, and yeah. So what are you most excited about for the opportunity? We'll definitely talk about it more as it develops, but what, what's your favorite thing about being part of this team? Yeah, I think, um, for me, the biggest part that I'm looking forward to is just having the opportunity to learn, um, so much from such experienced um, athletes who have built a really amazing culture in triathlon. I think that our goal is to also contribute to the triathlon culture. And I think that there's no better mentors to learn from than them. Um, So I think that they'll have a lot of great insights that they've gone through. Um, I'm sure that they've had many failures that they have learned from and will be able to help us maybe skip a few steps with those. Um, And besides that, I think that just being able to learn more from them um, and also just like kind of having a team will be a lot of fun. I think that having the support of other people who are in similar places, going through the same things um, and kind of also just learning along the way, I think that will be very beneficial to have for over the next year. Um, I also think having the community behind you is huge because oh, yeah. our mission from doing this podcast, from doing 
YouTubes is exactly the opposite experience that Paula and Eric bring that we don't have, which is starting so late as adults. So I would say our mission is to give back to the community we're so passionate about, right? So it's just an initial outlet for that. Yeah, no, I think um, having the support along the way is definitely going to be really awesome. And um, yeah, we always want to learn from you guys what you want to hear because we do feel like we're kind of getting into this from from the very beginning and intro level. So I think that it's fresh on our minds um, and we would like to make the process also easier for you guys. So, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. And stay tuned. We'll talk about other places to check out Kaylee's journey. Try beginners luck podcast. We'll be featuring you, right? So yeah. we'll post a link to that, but that's another place you can hear Kaylee talk about her journey specifically. So that'll be really cool to hear about. Let's get to some fun Q&A to wrap up tonight's podcast. I don't know when it'll air, but it's it's tonight right now, that's for sure. <laughs> so um, we'll make these kind of rapid fire. It doesn't have to be triathlon specific. What do you think my biggest strength and my biggest weakness is? Does that have to be triathlon related? It should probably be athletically related. Okay, but okay. hey, if it's my cooking, it's my cooking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was probably a really good one for, oh. your, for your weakness. What? <laughs> Okay. No more eggs for you. Your strength is definitely your mindset. I think that when you are the like most positive goal set driven, if you have the highest dream, you can achieve it kind of person. And I think I am usually trying to be more realistic about things. So I think that um, having that balance is really awesome. And I think that's a a strength of yours. Yeah. We're a blend of averages because I'll, set like this lofty crazy goal and you'll understand you're like you're gonna win this entire race and then i'm like all right let's like let's just like knock your ass out of the water i'm not that unrealistic but i yeah i think i have a strong belief and then you have yeah yeah to contrast that you have a really strong consistency behind you where you know you'll get up at 5am like clockwork. So I sort of drag your vision up, your high level vision up, and then you drag me through the consistency of the day to day of what needs to get done. So it's a really good average doing triathlon as a team is way more fun than doing it alone. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so what is the most important thing for you to focus on in the swim right now? To improve it. Getting my hips up. Okay. My hips are way too below the top of the water. And I think that it is definitely holding me back with speed and I need to figure out how to get them up. So. Yeah. I don't see it as that big. I mean, your hips look pretty good in the water, but what, what are you going to change to focus that? Like what's one thing in a swim shirt that you can do to keep your hips up? Well, the most recent advice has been it should almost feel like you're swimming downhill of like pushing your chest down to keep your hips up. But I have not figured out how it's supposed to feel to swim downhill yet. So, yeah, well, your lungs are like a beach ball, right? So if you push an inflated ball underwater, it's going to want to pop up and your lungs are the same way. So when you inhale and push down on it, that pops your hips up naturally. Yeah. 
So. But it's even, to me, the hardest part is like, I almost, I feel like I can't get my breath as well if I'm like pushing my chest Fully yeah. inhaled. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, okay. So that's, that's the thing you want to yep. focus on. What about one. you? Mine is really sinking my kick and my pull. I think I had a terrible kick and a terrible pull <laughs> when I first started, which means I just had no swim stroke at all. And then everybody kept saying, high elbow, high elbow. My elbows got slightly higher over time. And then everyone's like, your kick looks terrible. I mean, your kick was so bad at the beginning. I yeah. I had you hold on to the, the middle line and just, I was like, just kick. See if you can push it forward. And somehow he was pulling it back. Like he, he was somehow kicking and, and going backwards. Right. So agreed. <laughs> and as of recently, I've really gotten my kickboard times down. And I've really got my elbow up, but I just, I still don't feel like they're synced up. So one thing I'm really working on is putting the kick and putting the pull together for the swim. Anything that you want to work on on the bike? One thing. Just getting my, my watts higher and not just not consistently <laughs> higher, but yeah. I would like to build my, my high end range. Okay. So via two work. Yeah. yeah. And I think there's a lot of upgrades that you can do on the bike, right? Like physically to the bike, like there's a lot of watts yeah, to be saved. You just can always save of, watts with, with making upgrades, but yeah. So that'll be a topic for another time. Fair enough. Yeah. And then anything that, I mean, I think for the run, it's just staying healthy and yeah. keeping the training block. Yeah. For me, it's racing the, the draft legal. It's always finding more speed. Like, I think I have a good base this season. Yeah. And just building that, that top end speed is increasingly important for, for where I'm racing if I want to hit my goals this year. And then one tip for lifting. If you had to give one tip for your favorite lift or something you've been focusing on in the weight room. Um, for me, it's just actually getting a little more weight on the legs. Um, I've recently tried to up the weight in pretty much everything, mm. which I've been sore and I'm eating and drinking as much protein as possible. Um, but yeah, I think that just getting a little more weight on the legs to make it feel a little bit easier to push the pedal. So, yeah. And I, from a lifting background, I would, I just want to caution every lifter against that who's training specifically for triathlon like kaylee and i have years of lifting weekly consistent volume in our bodies to push heavy but starting out it's just doing something because there's not a fourth leg of the triathlon that's lifting yeah it's you like, don't want to compromise want, want, workouts for, exactly for lifting right because sometimes i would lift so heavy that i couldn't do my workout the next day so I think it's super important to be consistent in the weight room. We live twice a week. Yep, twice a week. And it's only been recently that we've added a little more heavier weight. I mean, for months. For you, yeah. For, or for, yeah, for me, for weeks, I've just been doing several reps at low weight. So. Yeah, just minimize the delayed onset muscle soreness, I would say, for a, a while until you have the volume in your body and then start to increase the weight, whatever that means for you. We can talk more about lifting another time. So, um, yeah, I, I think that is a good place to end. We really covered everything from a 30,000 foot view. We covered a few topics. Any 
final thoughts that you want to wrap up with? No, I think I think you're right. We we kind of hit them all. Okay, well, if you've made it this far, thank you for being the first person to ever make it this far in the Age Group to Pro Triathlon podcast. Let us know that you want us to keep doing it. We'll do it weekly. We'll be consistent. And we'd love to hear some questions that you want answered, some topics you want covered. And yeah. Any Q&A you may have for us. Reach out anytime. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, everybody. We hope to catch you soon at a race or on our YouTube. Sounds good. We'll see you guys there.